The following program is for informational and educational purposes only. This program does not replace medical, mental health, or psychological diagnosis and treatment prescribed by your personal physician, psychologist, therapist, or other health care provider. Please consult your provider for diagnosis and care before beginning or changing any program or idea discussed. Welcome to Speaking of Nutrition with Tom Mantos and co-host Fred Fornicola. Our program discusses the facts about chronic health conditions and shows you remedies that work. Now, here are your hosts, Tom Mantos and Fred Fornicola. Hi folks, this is Tom Mantos speaking of nutrition, my sidekick Fred Fornicola. And uh, today's topic is going to be about the inflammatory disorders and autoimmunity, and I like to call it the fire within. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining us again today. Uh, as Tom mentioned, we're going to be doing a, uh, our uh, series today on inflammation uh, about uh, how it affects our different diseases. So inflammation is pretty much a, has been a root of all evil for us, as we've talked about in our diabetes and, and our heart health and even bone health. And um, as Tom mentioned, he refers to it as the fire within because it causes a host of problems. And we're going to talk today about how to uh, reduce or and even in cases eliminate uh, inflammation in the body. But um, we just want to talk about the fact that, you know, inflammation isn't all bad. There is a desirable effect because it's a, it's a way of the body's, uh, it, it's part of the body's immune system. It's here to help us with uh, wounds and Ill, illnesses and, and repairing damaged tissue. The problem occurs is when you're in a constant state of alert. So we're talking about inflammation on a constant basis, which becomes chronic, which then can lead to severe diseases. So Tom's going to help uh, get this along and discuss some of the um, other issues involved. Yeah, since you know, I've been talking a lot about inflammation, today is really going to be a pivotal um, podcast because we're going to look at how we can actually block and halt and stop the inflammation. Now, I want you to think of inflammation as a, uh, your immune system, and, and we're, we're going to gear this towards autoimmune disorders, but your immune system, the old model was if you had an autoimmune disorder, your immune system was overacting. That's not true. The immune system is actually functioning exactly like it was designed. Here's what happens. Either something has changed inside the body that the immune system doesn't like. It used to be a friend, now it's a foe. Or something's coming in from the outside that the body doesn't like, and it produces an, an immune system reaction, which then generates the inflammatory process. So all these different diseases that have an inflammatory component, which is most of all of them, the inflammation is not local. In other words, if you have rheumatoid arthritis, and let's say your wrists and elbows and fingers are inflamed, that's not where the inflammation is coming from. The inflammation is coming from a distant site and that's where it ends up. Think of like a tsunami. We see it when it hits the shore, but it's being generated from a distant site. So what I like to say about, you know, with inflammation, it's kind of like the dam broke, the village is being flooded, and the way traditional medicine treats it, they're just bailing water. Nobody's fixing the dam. Today, we're going to learn how to fix the dam. So... When I go through this, I want to look at food reactivities, and I'll tell you there's three different types of reactions to food, because this, there's going to be a lot on this today. The first reaction is a fixed allergy, which is a true allergy. It's an IgE reaction. You can almost figure it out. 
you eat peanuts, you get hives, your throat closes up. The reaction can happen from a few minutes, you know, to several hours later. So it's pretty easy to, to figure out the, the result. Those are not autoimmune reactions, okay? Those are fixed allergy reactions. The IgE reaction or is basically what your doctor does when he does like a RAS test, a skin test on you. You can also do it in the blood work. The one we're going to be focused on today are delayed food sensitivities. It's an IgG reaction. The delayed reaction, in other words, you could eat a food on Monday and not react for two to three days. So it's very difficult to figure out what food is causing that. So the delayed food sensitivities, those are the ones involved in autoimmune reactions. So that's what we're going to focus on. And that reaction is not, like you said, a rash. It could be swollen joints, inflammation somewhere in the body, uh, bloated stomach, anything that yeah. can cause inflammation. It can drive you crazy trying to figure it out, but I'm going to show you an easy way to figure it out. Right. And because the thing is, if something you ate on Monday is not affecting you till Wednesday or Thursday, you don't remember what you ate right. on Monday, so right. it's kind of hard to do that too. Yeah. And then we talk about a food intolerance. We've probably all had that. Like we eat something that we just can't digest properly. That's not a food sensitivity or a food allergy. You may not have enough gut, good gut bacteria to, to simulate it. You may not be producing enough enzymes. Or you may like take in, you may be lactose intolerant. That's not a food allergy. If you're just missing an enzyme to break down the, uh, the lactose. So you have to avoid kind of dairy products unless you get the 100% lactate-free milk or something like that. Now, what we're going to be talking about, the first uh, article, and if you want to read the whole thing, you can go online. I'll tell you what it is. It gives you the entire magazine article, and it's called Surprises from Celiac Disease, and it's from Scientific America, 2009. This was a phenomenal review of autoimmune diseases. And how they came about it was they looked at celiac disease, which is an autoimmune reaction to gluten, a protein found in like wheat, rye, barley, those types of foods. Now, let me read you a couple of things what they wrote about it, and then I'm going to go through and explain it. So research into the root causes of celiacs indicate that disorder develops when a person exposed to gluten also has the genetic susceptibility to celiac disease, an unusual permeable gut wall. Then the article goes into explaining surprisingly essentially the same trio, an environmental trigger, a genetic predisposition, and a leaky gut, or what we call intestinal permeability, we'll just keep it at leaky gut, seems to, other, to underlie other autoimmune disorders as well. So something like celiac disease, it can actually generate from the gut one, two, three, or more autoimmune reactions in a person. They may have three different diagnoses. You might have a person with celiacs. They got autoimmune thyroid disease like Hashimoto's. They might have lupus, and they might have rheumatoid arthritis. Right. It's all coming from the gut. Right. One source, three different diseases. So what are the, what are, how do we treat it? The doctors treat it normally. They just treat the locally where it's happening. So they might give you something for inflammation in right. the joints, right. not fixing the gut whatsoever. So let me explain about this. And I've talked about genetic predisposition in other uh, talks. So we know that a predisposition to a disease 
is about 25%. 75% of how that, that predisposition goes is our environment, which includes everything from how we handle stress, exposure to chemicals, our diet, our exercise, all these different factors. Con- controllable aspects. Yeah, controllable. Right. Um, now, the third thing you may not have heard of is gut permeability or leaky gut. So let me explain about this. In your gut, you have these little tiny finger-like projections, and they're very they're, they're knitted tightly together. This is where you absorb all your nutrients. So it's knitted so tightly together, it only lets little tiny molecules in the body. Immune system's real happy with it. Due to environmental triggers, it creates a state of inflammation in the gut, and now these little tiny junctions start to get wider and wider and wider, and they open up. Now they start letting big molecules through. Immune system just goes crazy. Doesn't like it, never seen it before, Does automatically is gonna produce an inflammatory reaction. So here's how it goes. You have a predisposition, which means you may get it or not, depending on what you do. The environmental trigger causes increased gut permeability, and that can generate autoimmune diseases. Does that make sense, Fred? Absolutely. All right. So Sometimes I get lost what I'm talking about. I know, I know. <laughs> okay. So, again, if you want to go online, you can read this paper. It's fascinating. It's about nine pages. Surprises from Celiac Disease, 2009, and that's from Scientific America. Now, if we go all the way back to 1990, there's a paper published here, Clinical and Experimental Rheumatology, 1990, a short review of the relationship between intestinal permeability or leaky gut and inflammatory joint disease. There's been thousands of medical papers published on leaky gut and autoimmunity in peer-reviewed journals, thousands. You go to most of the rheumatoid arthritis guys, they either never heard of it or they don't pay any attention to it. It's right. like incomprehensible to me. And leaky gut, though, is symptomatic. You can't get tested for leaky gut. It's based on symptoms. Well, there is there are a couple of tests. Okay. Yeah. I did not know that. Right? Yeah, there's what's called a lactulose mannitol test. So you take this nasty stuff, you have to drink it. And lactulose is unabsorbable by the body. Mm-hmm. So if you take it and it's showing up in your urine two and six hours after, you got a leaky gut. Okay. Um, if I do a delayed food sensitivity test and you're coming like half the page is full of reactions, you got a leaky gut. What's a delayed food sensitivity test then? That's the, I, the IgG okay. test. So that's associated with the gut permeability okay. and autoimmune diseases. So, so that's available. Right. So when the, 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 uh, the initial part that you're looking at is these are symptoms we're looking at that lead you to believe that someone could be suffering from a leaky gut. And that's when you start to take these tests. And right. Okay. Uh, you, if I'm going to do the test, um, perhaps somebody with diagnosed autoimmune disease, any kind, I'm going to do the test. Well, cause a lot of times you're talking as we get older, you know, you're sitting there saying, well, my joints are sore, you know, it's cold out, it's wet out or whatever. My stomach's bothering me. Yeah, maybe I had something bad. I am stressed. It doesn't, it always, it comes and it goes. So there's, you look at it as just normal, sometimes normal behavior, yeah. just a normal day to day. But when it becomes a consistent. Gener- what- generally I do the, te- 
in all cases of autoimmunity, the first thing I'm going to do is put you on an elimination diet. I'm going to, we're going to go into that. I'm going to cut out like dairy and gluten, uh, sugar, that kind of thing. Wait for the two weeks. And usually people start feeling better. Right. A lot of times. Yeah. And then I wait for a couple of weeks for the test results to come in. Then I work up a, a diet so we can restrict some of these foods for a period of time. I'm sure exactly the protocol that we need to do to, to fix this problem. Right. And inflammation isn't, it doesn't discriminate. When you have inflammation in the body, it affects everything. And so the weakest link is going to feel it the most. So if you have a little bit of arthritis, it's really going to be exacerbated at that point. If you have a problem with other issues, whatever, it's not you thinking about inflammation of a, a sprained ankle. It's entirely different. Right. And I don't want you to think I only do the IgG delayed sensitivity test with autoimmunity. If I have, and this happens a lot, I have patients come in with a laundry list of symptoms. But the doctor says, well, you test are negative. You look, that's fine. You're okay. They, they barely can get out of bed in the morning. They might have digestive symptoms. They may have muscle and joint symptoms, you know, right. all these different things. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the test and if you have some, it could be involved in that, even though they don't have a diagnosed autoimmune disease. Sure. And if you take somebody who has issues with their gut because of the leaky gut and they're giving them an, you know, an ibuprofen or a high count of 800 milligrams of ibuprofen, that's ripping their gut even more. It makes it worse. Yeah, exactly. You're gonna re- I got a great story I'm going to tell you a little later. So let's look how this goes. So we got... Let's look at environmental triggers and possible causes of the leaky gut. I'm going to take you through the whole scenario. First thing is genetic predisposition, which isn't everything. It's 25%. Nutritional history, crappy diet, right? That could cause it. Number one on the list, stress. 1991 Gulf War. They did permeability tests on soldiers before and after combat. After combat, their gut permeability increased by 75% on average. Understandably. So, yeah, that's real stress, right? Mm -hmm. Then you have infection. So certain infections, Lyme's disease, things like that can actually actually do it. Um, Food allergies we talked about. Some disease states, celiac disease wrecks your gut big time. Inflammatory bowel disease, Crohn's disease. And in the meantime, okay. your immune system is becoming taxed more and more, right? You can't even oh. fight off colds and simple, you know. Yeah. And then uh, what's called dysbiosis and endotoxins. Dysbiosis is just too much bad bacteria floating around. So if you did a lot of antibiotics and things like that, mm-hmm. that can contribute or cause it. Endotoxins is just the crap that bad bacteria releases into your system can cause more inflammation. Environmental toxins, big time. Things like mer- mercury poisoning, we know, causes gut permeability, big time. Um, other heavy metals, pesticides, right? So there's quite a few things there. This just becomes a vicious cycle after a while. Yeah. And then, of course, alcohol, tobacco, and drugs. Oh, the other thing, too, I forgot to mention medications, big time. Non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, mm-hmm. uh, chemo drugs, mm-hmm. those kind of things there. Gut permeability. So what happens? So as these big particles go through your gut, don't forget your gut is 70% of your immune system. So your, your gut's immune system is called GALT, G-A-L-T. You want to know what that means, Fred? I absolutely do. Gut-activated lymphoid tissue. Right? Okay. Thank you for telling me. So it activates your gut's immune system. Next place it goes, liver. Mm-hmm. Liver's immune system is called Kupfer cells. 
secondary immune reaction. What's the immune reaction? Huge amount of inflammation. Mm -hmm. So if this is chronically happening, your body will set up a factory, an inflammatory factory, and it's continuous. It does not shut down. What that where that inflammation goes, they call it a different disease. So if it affects musculoskeletal, they may say you have rheumatoid arthritis, they may diagnose you with lupus or other muscle autoimmune disorders and that type of thing, okay? The immune system, for instance, like cancer is another one. Endocrine, that would be like thyroid diseases, Graves disease, overactive thyroid, Hashimoto's, uh, all types of endocrine problems. Your nervous system, remember, your gut is hooked directly to your brain. They speak to one another through the vagus nerve. What's going on in the gut affects the brain and vice versa. Right. That's why stress affects the gut. So the nervous system, you can look at things like autism, Alzheimer's disease, Parkinson's, migraine headaches, anxiety, depression, and schizophrenia, all from leaky gut. And it can exacerbate the problem or cause the problem. And then cardiovascular. So it can affect the cardiovascular, coronary heart disease. We did a podcast on that, what, two, two times ago. Right. That was. We're losing track. We're doing so many different <laughs> topics right now. So. And then it can affect uh, genitourinary. Mm -hmm. All right. That's that layout. We're going to take a commercial break. Then I'm going to tell you how you fix it. All right, Fred? Sounds good to we'll me. We'll be back in a bit. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Tom Mantos' Center for Alternative and Preventative Medicine in New Jersey will help you find the right solutions for your health and nutritional needs. Each person is different, and our customized approach tailored to individual needs allows us to create achievable goals that are based on your lifestyle and physicality. Our preventative medicine specialists are committed to helping you make the changes you need in your life. To schedule a 30-minute free consultation or for more information, call 732-219-9636 or visit TomMantos.com. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Speaking of Nutrition with Tom Mantos and Fred Fornicola. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, everybody. So, Tom, this is a major catalyst for so many different problems, as we already mentioned. What's the approach then to, you know, working on a, on a recovery program? Okay. Any good alternative or functional medicine doctor knows this. This is like Bible. It's called the 4R program. You ever hear the 4Rs, Fred? I did. Gonna, you you oh, told yeah. me this. Before. I taught you about you this did. a you long time ago when you were just a baby. <laughs> <laughs> so, this is how you correct and fix it. A 4R program. Now, the first R is remove. So we remove undesirable foods. We remove any abnormal bacteria. For instance, I might do candida testing for yeast infections systemically, yeah. which can go through your body and cause all kinds of problems. We want to remove that. We want to remove abnormal gut bacteria. 
And, so and when the types of food you're removing can even be done prior to the testing, right? Like you said, I, I try to immediately get rid of uh, gluten and milk. And, milk and uh, yeah. if it's over rheumatoid arthritis, I get rid of like nightshade vegetables and uh, cut the sugar out. Nightshade, at least nightshade vegetables like eggplant, peppers, white potatoes, bell right? peppers, bell peppers. Yeah, okay. yeah, that's them. Mm-hmm. So one of the, I'll just tell you the, the lab that I use for this, and you can go online. There are other labs. Make sure that they're a certified lab that does IgG delayed food sensitivities. I use Elitis Medical Labs in Norwell, Massachusetts, and their website is www.foodallergy.com. They do a great job. So I can do the food allergies and, and also the uh, candida test So what are the, with a finger prick. Because I was going to ask you, that's yep. just a finger prick with yeah, no nope. blood. You can do it yourself. All right. Second R, replace. I don't always do this, but sometimes you need to replace digestive enzymes if their digestive system is really bad. Um, like for celiacs, if you like screw up or you go to a restaurant, you don't know if there's gluten, they have special enzymes for celiacs that break down the gluten just right. as an insurance policy. Right, right. So some people I may need to add hydrochloric acid and pepsin or pancreatic enzymes. Bromelain. I don't always that. do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you, you have to. Just, a, just as an FYI, gluten is a protein found in wheat and rye, barley, rye, barley. Yeah. and not always oats. And the reason for the oat is because either cross-contamination from the field yeah. or from the manufacturing plant, right? Well, see, the, the allergy test I do measures oats. In but, but what I'm just getting to is that gluten is not uh, genetically found in, in oats. Not necessarily, right? no. Just like, again, cross-contamination for yeah. some reason. Okay. Just yeah. wanted to make that clear because yeah. a lot of people think oats have gluten. It really doesn't. They just do it as a precautionary measure. Well, my wife had the test on, and the oats also came up, and uh, she wasn't happy about it. <laughs> But uh, so the third R is re-inoculate. This means re-inoculating with good strains of bacteria. Not all bacteria are equal. A lot of stuff you get in the health food store is not that implantable. Um, yogurt by itself is not going to re-inoculate you. So you need a good, a good quality. And I'm going to talk more about that later, like what kind of good strains to get. The fourth is critical. It's called repair. Now, if you remove the foods, and you do not do the rest of these R's, like the repair, guess what happens? Same problem. You get allergic to the new foods, mm. and it's a mess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you have, to, you have to repair. The repair, um, toward the end of my talk, I'm going to get into more detail, but it's twofold. The first part of the repair is give herbs and things that reduce inflammation. Because when there's inflammation going on, your body can't do any repair. It's all breakdown. So you got to reduce the inflammation, and then you give specific nutrients, which I'm going to go into, that repair those, those junctions that opened up, bring it back to normal. Then you know what happens? A lot of times down the road, you can start eating those foods again. Right, because you're, you're not stuck like that. Right. So like if you, if you do the food sensitivity test and you score, let's say, a one, that's mild, that may take three months off of that food. If you do all these other things to repair and you may be able to start eating that. The twos and threes are uh, moderate to severe. You have to stay off those for about six months. Right. So it's like having a sprained ankle. You just got to let it heal, right? Do your time, ease back into everything, and then you can get back to normal. That's a good analogy. I like that. I'm glad you like that. Yes. Now, Fred. Yes. I got a good story for everybody. It's it's kind of a story of anguish and despair 
I'm sure there's a happy ending though. There's a happy ending okay, to good. it. That's all we need to but know. Right. This, this is just typical of what people go through, but this is, uh, it's called The Boy with a Thorn in His Joints. Okay. It was from the New York Times Magazine 2013. If you go online, put in New York Times Magazine 2013, Boy with a Thorn in His Joints, you can read the whole article. So I'm going to go through the highlights of it because it's, it's it's so fascinating what this what the kid and his parents went through. So I'm going to read here. When three-year-old Shepard Strauss started having trouble getting out of bed, his parents embarked on a medical odyssey of doctors and drugs, but they couldn't anticipate that what would help them to actually get better. Right. So three-year-old poor little guy Shepard started walking with a limp. And it got kind of worse as the weeks went on. And then parents knew there was really a problem. The kid went to run in the backyard and he just fell down screaming and crying. Right. Couldn't run. Right. And so he went to the general doctor who did an x-ray and he told him, well, the boy has arthritis. At three the, years old. Three years old. Okay. And it started getting worse and worse. So they went to a rheumatologist. He actually had, uh, trouble getting out of bed. He was kind of bedridden, which is just unbelievable, right? So the new doctor he went to diagnosed him with juvenile arthritis. I've had some patients come in with at that. that. That young of an age? Yeah, that, that young. Okay. Yep. Now, a friend of the, um, of the parents, I don't know if she was out of state friend or something, but her son had a similar thing and she went to an alternative doctor. But these parents didn't, didn't want to have anything to do with it, right. which is typical. Mm. That's how a lot of people end up coming to me after, you know, <laughs> after all the other stuff. So he went, the doctor started him on a non-steroidally anti-inflammatory. Now here's the kicker. Big article in New England Journal of Medicine about five years ago stated the non-steroidally anti-inflammatories cause tremendous gut permeability. Right. And even though they're trying to block the pain, they're making the condition much worse. Much worse right. So what was interesting, when he started the non-steroidal anti-inflammatory, all his joints got worse. Fingers, elbows, neck, everything got worse. So they didn't know what to do with it, right? So they went to like one of the top specialists. Let me tell you something. A lot of these top specialists they don't do anything different than your general doctor is going to give you. Right. They got a list of medicine. They already know what they're going to give you before you even come in the visit. They don't care about your history. Yeah. This is what they're going to do. So this new guy um, put him on methotrexate. And methotrexate is an old cancer drug. So it's an immune suppressant. Right. Problem with long-term use of methotrexate, it gives you cancer. I've had several patients that were on it for a long period of time, died of, died of leukemia from it. And they, even the doctors, like one, my, my one patient, she had all kinds of like problems. She was on it way, way before she seen me. And uh, she, uh, she ended up dying of leukemia. And the people at Robert Wood Johnson says from the methotrexate. That's a shame. They've been yeah, she lasted about a year. It was, and she was, she was just wonderful, her and her husband. So then they, they contacted the, the friend that you had a state friend was telling them how her son Shane was doing with this alternative therapy. Because these people are like, they don't know what to do. No, sure. You know, they know what the methotrexate does. Right. So, but the kid's really not getting better. All right. So, 
what they did is they went to an alternative doctor. I diagnosed her with leaky gut and put her on, put the little guy on a gluten-free diet, dairy-free, low sugar, and low nightshade vegetables. Okay. And then gave him some anti-inflammatory herbs. I don't know what he gave him. And fish oils, which is anti-inflammatory, right? And then the mother said, my son Shane was significantly better after six weeks. Mm-hmm. And he's had this for, he said this for a couple of years. He was a little older. He was like eight, nine years old, something like that, I think. Three months went by, he's pain-free. Hmm. So now he's kind of putting this in the people's heads, but they're still not like on board with it. You know what I mean? They got to go to the top expert right. so they can write them a, a script for a toxic drug and send them out the door, mm-hmm. you know, without even getting into all the stuff that's in their own journals. It's conditioning. Though, so it's Yeah. Well, so they went to a couple of medical doctors, like big experts, and they said, ah, diet really has nothing to do with it, mm-hmm. you know? So the one expert goes, well, we're going to double your methyltrexate. So double my risk to cancer, right? Mm. So they had to go to the top expert to double methyltrexate. That was this big deal. Mm. You know, two minutes, he writes a script, and that's it. And uh, it cracks me up because all this stuff about leaky gut, it's in the journals of rheumatology. If they would just read something, it's either they read it and they, they foo-foo it, or they don't want to be bothered with it. It's much quicker to write a prescription. There's a huge, you know what dis- I mean? Send you out the door. It's, it's there's, crazy. There's a huge dismissal to the effectiveness of proper nutrition, healthy foods to help heal the body. Yeah. It's, it's almost, they feel it's almost a quackery that food can actually take care of something well, that a drug can't. If they, if they spend some time reading their own medical journals, mm-hmm. but they don't, mm-hmm. a lot of them don't even keep up with proper reading. They read what's on the drug inserts. Right. And that's it. So, the patients, I mean, the, the little boy, Shepard, and the parents, they were just at their wit's end. But they had that thought in their head about the mother that told them that his little boy got better. Yeah. You know? Um, so, they finally found this really good guy, Dr. Khan, who was really open-minded, wasn't closed up, walled off like the rest of these guys. So, Dr. Khan, they told him about you know, their friend's kid. Right. And Dr. Khan said, yeah, you know, I, I have read things in the journals about this leaky gut. And the, so why don't we give the elimination diet a try? It's not going to. had nothing to lose at that point. Nothing, nothing to lose at the time. So with his help, they put him on the same elimination diet, which actually is a pretty good elimination diet that he was on. Uh, dairy-free, gluten-free. And there's so many gluten-free products you can get now that sure, you can eat. You know, sure. it's not like the old days when you yeah. got tortured eating the horrible bread <laughs> and stuff. That's right. You know, and low sugar and off the nightshades. And lo and behold, in six weeks, little Shepherd's pain was much better. Six weeks. He was able to get out of bed. And after several months, he was almost totally pain-free. He was off the methyltrexate. And that's somebody who right? was diagnosed with, Isn't that with, something? with rheumatoid arthritis at three, yeah. at three years old. Yeah. And they went to all the experts. Right. You know, whatever you want to call it. I get upset about this thing. Experts in medicine. Yeah. But you know what? It's their field. They should know this. It's their field. They're there to help people. They should know this. They are helping people, I think, in their own way, right? What they know. But you're helping people yeah. in their own way. So you're the well, expert in your field. So... 
That's how I look well, at it. Well, then at least, at least send the little kid to a nutritionist to try to get him a little extra help. Maybe it can help him, right? Yeah, well, that's taking the extra step and being a good person. <laughs> Forget about whether you're a physician I mean, or not. I mean, you do everything you can for your patient or your clients, whatever, to enable them to get healthy and get yeah. better. So what I can't fix or I can't, I, I recommend to go to other people. So, Well, let me tell you about, I did this seminar and uh, I never talked to, to, with this doctor. He was like, uh, he, we were talking about fibromyalgia and uh, rheumatoid arthritis and all these different things. And we were, we had like a conference. Right. <clears throat> so I never talked to the guy before t- to get his, where he was at. Was right. he just straight medicine? He knew I was a nutritionist or whatever. Mm-hmm. So this guy... So this guy, he gets asked, he goes, he goes, he gets asked about nutrition. Mm. Well, nutrition really has nothing to do with it. And now I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh, great. I can only imagine you fuming at that. Oh, great. You should have just, instead of saying a stupid statement like that, Mm -hmm. give it to me and let me answer it. Well, because he had no response to it. He had no answer for it. Fred, I had, I I mean, I felt bad. I humiliated the guy Mm -hmm. with my answers. I had to blow him out of the water. I, I was listed New England Journal of Medicine, Journal of Rheumatism and Arthritis, all these things, you know. And uh, he's just kind of looking at the floor. No, but what am I going to do? I ah, felt bad. No, you know, well. like, don't make such a stupid statement. Just give it to me. That's my thing, sure, right? Sure, sure. I'm not going to tell you what to do. Right. You know, well, that was interesting anyway. So, Dr. Khan, who's a great doctor, he investigated this, this uh, further, right? So, Dr. Khan told, told the parents about a colleague who was researching how the gut and inflammation work together. And then they called Jose Shear, the director of arthritis clinic at NYU Hospital for joint diseases. And he rattled off four different kinds of arthritis that are connected to inflammatory responses in the gut, including one linked to celiac, a gluten intolerance. So, he did some investigating, and I'm sure he's helping a lot more people out. All right. Now, here's my final closing statement on this article. Leaky gut, meanwhile, turns out to be not to be conjecture after all. A lot of doctors and people may think that the leaky gut itself is a sort of a fruitful alternative concept, which you get from doctors all the time I hear it. Says Sanford Newmark, a clinical professor at the Oster Center for Integrative Medicine at the University of California, San Francisco. The real name is increased intestinal permeability and is a definitive scientific fact, which it is. Now, to this day, the kid's doing great. He's not on any medication. He's able to play and run. So you're looking at rheumatoid arthritis doctors with gastros don't know about leaky gut? I mean, that's no, the think it, They think it's BS, man. Well, some of them, I mean, some of them get it. But you almost have to go to a functional medicine doctor to understand. They don't, they don't look at it. So when you send somebody to get an endoscopy or, you know, lower GIs and all these other things, and they come up and just show. I mean, I, I remember 25 years ago, I went and the uh, outcome was I had an inflamed lower abdominal area. And it was inflamed. Well, see, it was inflamed due to, yeah. to my diet. It wasn't anything I was eating that was um, You were eating too many corn dogs. <laughs> yeah, probably. But the point being is that whatever foods were irritating me were just constant inflammation, which was causing me. See, problems. They, they can't see they can't see the permeability. You have to do right. it. It's it's below a microscopic right. thing. They're not going to put a microscope electron microscope down your bowel, you right. know, or something like right. that. But there are tests for it. But you can tell just off the food sensitivity. I, I can tell you story after story how tremendously improved people are. I'm just wondering. It doesn't. There's no follow up if the little the little boy shepherd 
if they had done um, the repair process on it, yeah, right. he would have probably done a lot better. Well, if he's still it. doing so good today, wait, 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 like you said, you don't know if he's doing well today. Yeah, that's, that's the last the I step. read about it in the article. So you know? those are the four R's. Yeah. Right. We're going to have to cut to commercial and we're going to be back in a few. All right, Fred. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Tom Mantos' Center for Alternative and Preventative Medicine in New Jersey will help you find the right solutions for your health and nutritional needs. Each person is different, and our customized approach tailored to individual needs allows us to create achievable goals that are based on your lifestyle and physicality. Our preventative medicine specialists are committed to helping you make the changes you need in your life. To schedule a 30-minute free consultation or for more information, call 732-219-9636 or visit TomMantos.com. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Speaking of Nutrition with Tom Mantos and Fred Fornicola. Now, back to the program. All right, Thomas, we're back, and you're going to finish up with the final R, which is repair, right? There's a lot to that, so yeah. Oh, that's, yeah that's real important. It's pretty intense. Yeah. And uh, a lot of this has been developed over hundreds of studies. Let me so, have, I have a quick question for yeah. you before we go on. So we got through the three R's, right? You're doing your, your sensitivity tests and you're evaluating things. The remove. The removing. You, are you, the repair part comes at the same time or do you wait? You do it all. You do it all. Oh, well, you got to. Right. So as you're removing foods, the, the uh, offensive foods, and you're reintroducing some things back, you're, you're in that repair mode right away. Right. Okay. So again, two things we're going to talk about. Reducing inflammation, which is critical. Yeah. Okay. And then repairing the those junctions that blew out too big and let too much stuff in. So right. you got to do both. And, and again, that inflammation comes from different things, different stressors. Right. Right. Environmental stresses, mm-hmm. personal stress, not enough sleep. Chemicals. Chemicals. If you're a boozer. Medication. That can happen. Right. Anything. Yeah, a lot, whole yeah. lot of things. Okay. Yeah. So this is very interesting. Um, and I talk about the Functional Medicine Research Institute in Gig Harbor, Washington. They have one of the top genetic labs in the country. So what, what their goal was is to find herbal medicines that worked on the gene expression for inflammation mm-hmm. the best. Mm-hmm. So here's an interesting study they did. And what they did is they took three compounds that they found were the best. Um, from the hops plant, reduced iso-alpha acids. That's the third time we talked about that. Yes, there's, a, there's other ones now. Oleanic acid from olive leaf, mm-hmm. okay, that you can get in the health food store. And rosemary. And what they did is they ran a study comparing how effective those plant compounds were to the major drugs they were using. Very interesting, huh? Yeah, sure. Yeah, finally. You know? So the title of it was Comparing the Efficiency of COX-2-Specific Inhibitors in Treating Osteoarthritis. And this is from the Journal of Arthritis and Rheumatism, 2003. Initially, the medications had a quicker effect, but after six weeks, the plant compounds provided a 74% improvement over baseline. The COX-2 drugs only had a 52% improvement, 
And another COX-2, Doug, Refocosic, only 45%. So the plant compounds outperformed the drugs and no side effects. Right. So the, 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 I'm going to go into the drug a, side and effects. And that's a long-term effect. Yeah. It's not a, it's not a temporary. Yeah. Yep. Not causing any additional problems like some anti-inflammatories. And, and yeah, these have, yeah, these are, God made these in the plants, man, and that's what they are. So let's look at the history of the drugs they use for autoimmune disorders like rheumatoid arthritis. And that. Okay. First things they use are the non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, which I've said, and the medical literature said, it greatly increases gut permeability, so it actually causes a bigger problem right. down the road, even though it's blocking pain in the beginning. Over 103,000 people are hospitalized from non-steroidals, and 16,500 people die from, get, from uncontrolled bleeding in the body. So they, they kind of got away from that. Oh, thankfully. <laughs> yeah. And then they went to what's called the COX-2 drugs. COX-2 drugs, you want, you want the long name? If you want to. Cyclooxygenase 2. It's an inflammatory mediator. Mm-hmm. But the popular one was, um, was Re- Relafin. Um, it, was a, it was a big uh, so what, what's the COX-2 co- drug. So what's, what's the COX-2 supposed to, supposed to do? Well, COX-2 is, is part of the inflammatory in your joints. Yeah. The problem is the, the, the drugs. Oh, Celebrex is the other one. Right. Okay. That was, I'm familiar with that yeah. one. Yeah. So. <laughs> The problem is it takes COX-2 out everywhere. Okay. So it doesn't just hit where the joints not. are hurt. Of course not. Now, in your arteries, and the drug company must have known this simple, it's basic biochemistry. In the arteries, COX-2 is needed to prevent clots. Mm-hmm. So what was happening, people were on it, were having strokes and dying. Right, right. So what they did is they pulled the drug off the market, mm-hmm. reworded the warnings on it, and put it back on the market. Okay. All right, it's another great. Well, that's fair enough. Another great drug. <laughs> Now you got all these, oh, and you should hear, like, my wife has to leave the room when I see all these immune suppressants they use, okay, like methyltrexate's an old cancer drug, but all these immune suppressants. I start yelling at the TV, <laughs> why you got the trees and flowers there? There's nothing good about it, yeah. you know? Yeah. What's the side effect? Cancer. Right. The people end up with, and I've had patients die of cancer from so these we're, immune we're suppressants. We're just talking about temporary fixes, and they're not even good temporary fixes. Yeah. So, I mean, the goal is when I talk to my, is whatever they're on, the doctor's able to take them off when they get enough improvement. Right, right, right. Okay. So, it's, you know, it's very, very specific. Now, you've heard me talk about the medical foods. Sure. So, they have one, took them several years to develop it. There's hundreds of medical studies on it. And it's a medical food specifically for autoimmunity and inflammatory disorders. And it's loaded. It makes life easy. The ultrafomics? Ultra Inflamex plus 360. Right. I have a couple of clients that take that. They have, it's wonderful. It's great for like inflammatory bowel disease yeah. too. Yeah. It's a lot of studies on it. So it's a pea and rice protein. So it's hypoallergenic. It has 20 plus vitamins and minerals. Now it has a specific type of fiber in there that produces this thing called a short chain fatty acid. Short chain fatty acids heal your gut wall. Okay. Right. That's one thing. Then it gives you L-glutamine. L-glutamine is paramount for fixing leaky gut. It heals you. It heals you up. You could take it in powder capsules or I mean, in, in L- this product. L-glutamine is a very important amino acid for yeah, other effects. even for muscle building. Right, you exactly. Know? Yeah. And then it has a specific type of curcumin. You've probably heard of curcumoids from turmeric and all that. Yeah. Very good anti-inflammatory. That's added to it. And then what else do you think is added to it? I'm going to guess hops. Hops? <laughs> Rosemary, which was in the other product that was studied. Right. Quercetin. And ginger. And ginger. Another anti-inflammatory. So 
this product is developed to reduce inflammation and also heal the gut yeah, at the same time. Sometimes. And it's a shake. And easily digested. It makes, it makes it easy. Yeah. And it yeah. takes a stress off your body for digestion as well. Yeah. Right. Because you're right. getting protein. And so. Yep. I'm not going to read all the. Well, let me, let me read the medical indications for it. The, this is what it's for. Rheumatoid arthritis, inflammatory conditions of the intestinal tract, skin, or joints. There's a lot of skin diseases or autoimmune, sure, yeah. you know, psoriasis. Fibromyalgia, autoimmune dysfunction, bronchial asthma. So a whole host of different things. So when you have one autoimmune disease, you tend to have a couple others, don't you? Is there, that's common. Like you mentioned before, you can possibly or, lupus. This, there's a lot of different things. But a lot of people have different issues. If you're inflamed, it's going to attack you in different ways. It can, yeah. 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 Or it tends to get worse. Like your joints get worse. But again, time, we, but like I said earlier in the podcast, is that sometimes you just attribute that to age. Oh, I train too hard or it's a you know, cold day out or whatever the situation is, just a crappy day. And most people then start to, and I have clients that do this. They're like, yeah, my joints kill me. So I popped a couple, you know, ibuprofens. And I'm like, mm, not the way to go. You know, I mean, you got to look at it. Yeah, I mean, you, you could take the, the first herbal compound. Yeah. And I'm going to talk to about it again. Metagenics has that patent. It's called Caprix. that has right. the hops and the yes. oleanic acid yeah. and the olive leaf and the rosemary. If you go with the ultra-inflammics, though. I mean, you got to win-win there for yeah. protein. Some people just want to – yeah, if you have, like, autoimmune stuff, yeah, you, you got to work the whole thing. But even thing. just as a precautionary thing, it's great. So as far as a protein – You want to do it, yeah. Yeah. You know? So that's the first thing. That's the first thing we use. Now, here's something. Took them years to develop. Makes life easy. Okay. And it's patented. So you can't get it anywhere else. It's called ultra floral integrity. It's this crazy bacteria they developed called Lactobacillus salivarius, UCC 118 strain. It's patented. It does two things because one of the R's is re inoculate. So it re inoculates your bowel mm. and the bacteria repairs okay. your gut. Right. So if you want to check these out, you go to my go to my website, TomMantos.com, hit on supplement store in the Metagenics. You can look at it in there. The so a good basic protocol, only two things. You could be on hundred different supplements. Two things. The ultra ultra clear inflamex plus three sixty. Right? And the ultra floral integrity that covers that covers the so, base. So that probiotic, when you go into a store, people are looking for 15 billion cells, 30 billion. It doesn't. They, it, they think the more is better. It doesn't mean anything unless it's implantable. Right. It's like so yogurt it has a lot, but it's not really that implantable in the gut. But you also do see so many different strains. Remember, it used to be just acidophilus when we were young. Yeah. That's all you took, right? Powder. Well, now they got strains for the immune system. They got strains for chronic bladder infections. They came up with all kinds of different things. Right. So there's, I've seen strains for, for women who get UTIs. There's strains for all right. kinds of things. So yeah. Very specific. So yep. these strains are being researched, right, to attack or, or I shouldn't say attack or repair um, whatever's ailing you. Yeah, so, so there's a difference. They they developed this. It took them several years. Yeah, but what I'm trying to make you know, to to our audience is that don't just grab any. Yeah, you got to get a, you got a good re refrigerated time, right? You know that's why I use the Metagenics. I know it's implantable. They run have to run the assays on it, right? So now, so besides those two things, there's a couple things I may add and may not add. If somebody has a tremendous amount of long term inflammation, I want to get that down quicker. So to the um, medical food, the ultra inflamex, I may add a thing called Caprix. Caprix 
was that the herbs that were um, studied against the COX-2 drugs, mm-hmm. right? The hops, the only the olive leaf extract, and the rosemary. So you could take Caprex on top of it for a period of time just to get the inflammation down as fast as possible. Right. And you can use Caprex just if you have like, you get like joint pain from overlifting or something like mm-hmm. that. You can just have it in the medicine cabinet. So right. it works really great. So I may or may not add that. Depends how the person's doing. Uh, and then I may use another product called uh, Glutagenics. It's from Metagenics. And that's just a high amount of glutamine, aloe vera, and deglycerized licorice. Sometimes you could add, you know, if you take some fish oils, I might do liquid fish oil and just throw it in the shake. About you know? T3 as well. Yeah, it's a, it's one of the vitamins in the um, in the shake. Right. Yeah, too. But I'm saying if they weren't taking the shake, D3 is actually yeah. worse as an anti-inflammatory. Yeah. So at the very least, like if, you know, these things are well studied, so you're going to get the best results with it. But at the very least, if you, if you come into the health food store, you get some curcumoids, take a high dose of that with fish oils, get some L-glutamine powder, three to five grams of that, and a good probiotic. You're not doing bad. No, you're set. You're not doing bad. I hope to have the little kid on that. Right. You know, I don't know what they what they did after that, you know. But that's and th- those are the best researched protocol to use to fix this problem. So and again, you, it's it's over a period of time, and as you get better, you can start cutting this just, stuff back. Just for our audience, just review the four R's again for them. Then uh, remove, replace, reinoculate, repair. Okay, four R's that fixes it. Um, now. I want to talk to you a little bit about exercise because mm-hmm. if you get these, you know, I get all the patients, they got joint pain, arthritis, and yeah. they can't really move, but their muscles are, and joints are eroding, their bones, as we talked about, and the healthy bones thing, that's eroding. Right. They need to do something to increase range of motion and mm-hmm. the strength in the muscles. Mm-hmm. So what do you think about doing, um, I usually, I recommend this, uh, very slow repetitions with very lightweight and high reps sure. for those people right. because- you know, I'm handling heavy as I can handle weight, sure. and the rep speed is like two to three seconds up, sure. two to three seconds well, down. When you have especially joint pain, you don't want it irritated by using improper form. Or you don't want to snap your joints. You don't want it to use momentum when you're when you're lifting and lowering resistance. So you can use resistance bands. Dumbbells machines are always good because there's a little more control factor there. And you want to look at something what we refer to as time under load or time under tension. You may look at something and say, I'm going to do this exercise for two, two, even three minutes. You do a nice, slow, slow, controlled raising of the weight, pausing, lowering. You can take five, ten seconds to raise the weight in five or ten seconds. I I usually tell people that, you know, I'm really feeling too good. Raise it to the count of ten. Yep. Very slow, yep. very light. You very, only need lightweight. Very, yes, very methodically. Very slow yep. all the way up and yep. real slow all the so way So what down. you're doing is you get right. all these little mini isometric contractions in there. They have a full range of motion that doesn't strain the joints. Right. And it overloads the muscle tissue. So for years, my goal has been to find ways to lessen compressive forces on the joints and tendons and stimulate the muscle at the highest level it can. So as you do that with people who are getting aged or doesn't matter, like you said, if a three-year-old can get rheumatoid arthritis. So yeah. you have to look at situations and work within their capacity, but you find exercises and resistance levels and ranges of motions that work for somebody. So if you can't do a range of motion completely all the way from top to bottom, you don't need to. You can just do, do a it shorter halfway. range of motion. Shorter range of yeah. motion as long yeah. as it's very controlled. Not doing anything is worse than trying to figure out, modify, make modifications. Some things can help help you. You have to figure that out. Sometimes people will recommend yoga right away. I'm a proponent of yoga. However, 
if you're leaning on your elbows too hard when you're doing downward dog, upward dog, you could have some joint inflammation the next day. So you have to modify things, find things that work for you. You can use low impact uh, aerobic exercise like the elliptical or riding a stationary bike or, or a recumbent bike or you know using the treadmill, those type of things that don't have high torque. So you just want yeah. to minimize the torque. And but the slow speed is really the uh, – yeah, I mean, it's I've a done good, it. It's a good tool. It's when I've had some injuries – when I've had some injuries yeah. just to get past it, I'll do that. I'll be honest. Really lightweight, slow rep because it honest. hurts, yeah. you know, slow. I'll be honest with you. Most of my training takes – I raise the weight in two to three seconds, a lower two to three seconds down anyway. And then if I am a little tender from just lifting too heavy or doing, you know, the weather, I will even go 10 seconds up, 10 seconds down, that type of thing. Just allow them the joint to – cool down a little bit and, you know, still be able to get a, a training session. And yeah. So, yeah, there's, there's definitely ways you just have to pay attention and use, you know, use your brain and then, and, and modify things. And so, you would keep, you would keep the repetitions relative. Yeah. Like I said, look, or you could break them up. Say you want to go for 20 reps, but you do maybe like, sets of five reps. Yeah. So like right? I said, time under load, you can just yeah, look so for everybody can do something. There's always. So yeah. speaking of exercise our next segment is going to be on uh talking about nutrition for the recreational and, and athletic uh it'll cover for, athlete right it'll cover for the rec person that just wants to work out and the athlete that wants to right so you want to perform optimize. at a good you know a high level well we want to be able to let people optimize what they're doing in the gym to optimize their benefit outside of the gym by having proper nutrition and recovery right yeah so i'd like to cover you know not only the nutrition how to eat before during after workout but also some uh you know, we had talked about some of the new training methods now, like mTOR. Yeah, sure. We'll get into all yeah. the, like, some interesting things yeah, that cool. a lot of people don't know about. And, Tom, you know me. I like to end in uh, a little uh, health quote. Yes. This one's from uh, our founding father, Benjamin Franklin. He was a founding father. He was. Yes, he was. I don't know how much he's into working out, but anyway, his comment is very simple. The best doctor gives the least medicines. Yes. Okay. It really kind of goes in with what we talked about. Well, today. you know, you know, he, he was a ladies' man. For he, he certainly yeah, was. Yeah, he liked to hit the booze, too. That's what I read about. <laughs> All right. Yes, I don't think he worked out a lot. No, I don't think so either. <laughs> thank you. Thanks. So, until next time, everybody, thanks for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next time. All right, thank you. Thank you for listening this week to Tom Mantos Speaking of Nutrition with co-host Fred Bornicola. We have new episodes every week on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Please join us again soon as we continue your personal journey to better health.